Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Hello and welcome to our Wednesday Truth and Liberty live call-in show. I'm Andrew Womack and my guest today is Gene Bailey. And you, he sir. is the head or the director or the leader or I don't know what your official title. He's the face of Flashpoint. <laughs> we, we go with that. That's <laughs> and that's uh, Kenneth Copeland's on Victory Channel. I'll, I'll uh, get back to him in just a second. But right before we do that, I want to let you know that Flashpoint is coming to our Karis Bible College, and tomorrow we're going to start, what do you call this? The uh, Flashpoint Live. Flashpoint Live. Yeah, it's the uh, Rescue America Tour. You're kicking it off. That's awesome. I'm really excited about them coming. We've got over 2,000 people that have registered, and then with our students, we're going to have a packed house. We can seat about 3,200 here. And so anyway, it's going to be good. And so we've got that starting on the 8th and the 9th, and we've got Mike Lindell, Lance Wall now, Hank yeah. Kuhneman. That's right. Andrew Womack. Gene uh, Bailey. Gene Bailey and um, um, Luke Ball and uh, Kylie Jean Tannehill, which are young, powerful ministers, speakers that you're, you're going to enjoy. And I think that's everybody. Anyway, that's going to be good. It's that's going to a lot of people. That's starting tomorrow, uh, Thursday and Friday. And then the next week on the 15th through the 17th, uh, I'm going to Riverside, California. I'll be at the Riverside Convention Center. And we'll be holding uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday services. And Dwayne Sheriff, Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, uh, who is one of our hosts of Truth and Liberty uh, live call-in show, he will be with me. That's going to be an awesome time. I'm looking forward to that. And then on February the 22nd and 23rd, I'll be in Quetaro, uh, Mexico. We have an office and a school down there. And actually for our Spanish broadcast, they're the ones that take all the calls down there. And this will be my first time to go there. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. That's the 22nd and the 23rd, and I would encourage you to be a part of that. So anyway, we've got a lot of great things doing, going. Our Truth and Liberty website is kind of a clearinghouse. We have links to over 100 different ministries there. So you can go there and get a daily news feed. Uh, you can go there and, and find out how, who to vote for, uh, to register to vote. Uh, you can get a voter guide about how people are doing things. And we've just got a lot there. So check it out, truthandliberty.net. And if you want to be a part of this, uh, there are a lot of expenses. We have this broadcast five days a week. We do a lot of things. We had meetings with over, I think it was 4,500 pastors during the last election cycle. And um, anyway, we just do a lot of things and it costs some money. So we are asking for people uh, to join up and become a member. And that's a person that gives a $5 or more per month uh, gift, an automatic withdrawal. And you can go to truthandliberty.net slash donate and become a part and help us get that done. That would be awesome. So this is Gene Bailey. He's a blessing. And man, you've been doing uh, Flashpoint now on Victory Channel for how many years? Well, we're in our fourth year since 2020, September, when we thought something was up. I can tell you the day I knew something was going to, was concerning, was the day after the presidential debate when everybody thought Chris Wallace was a good guy. 
and we go, wait a minute, he's obviously pulling for the liberal side. And, uh, you know, there was this collective groan in America that said Fox News isn't what we thought it was. And uh, we, that's about the time we started, just not long after that in September. So you kind of just started on Facebook, but now what's the reach? How many people do you think are watching Flashpoint? Well, it's, it's um, the ones that we can track. It's about 110, 120,000 people and every you're, week. You're on um, not only Victory Channel, but uh, you're on what, Daystar? Oh yeah, we're on Daystar once a week and we're on several outlets around the country. Integrity Channel, there's, there's several, and some, uh, some small stations as well. So yeah, you can go to, uh, uh, go to the website and we're on a lot of places. So what's the website? Well, if you want to find out how to watch, it's findflashpoint.tv. And also you have your own personal website. Yep, genebailey.com. That's awesome. That's and you got a book that you're advertising? Yeah, you know, Tell us about thank that. you. Thank you for letting me talk about it. This is a book. This is um, Killing America, which is, sounds like not much of a faith statement. Uh, for but, a Kenneth Copeland <laughs> guy, I'm surprised. I, I, I did have that. to show it to him and say, now let me explain this for you. Uh, but it's turning the tide on the tsunami of darkness, and that's what we have to do. Now, you notice here, Statue of Liberty is underwater. Oh, wow. She's underwater, but guess what? Her torch is still burning bright, and that, that's why there's, we still have hope. It's not too late to turn America around. So it is a book of faith, but this book is really, we dive into, we don't hold anything back. Now, here's the interesting thing. I say we because my wife and I wrote this together. So when you read this, what you're really reading is conversations Gene and Terry have over coffee every morning. Wow. About uh, about what's going on now? Is this book actually released yet? It, you can get it at genebailey.com, B-A-I-L-E-Y, genebailey.com, right there. Yeah, right there on the screen, and you can get it there. Every other market will be released Super Tuesday, March fifth. That's awesome. Well, we're going to talk about Flashpoint and specifically what you're doing here at Karis, but let me ask you some questions. Uh, people would probably like to know who sure. is Gene Bailey. Yeah, and how did you get started doing this? And I was reading your little bio and it says something about you being in prison in Africa. I bet there's a story that goes with it. Well, that. yeah, there is a story. I'd like to hear it. Uh, well, you know, I w started in Christian television, really goes back to uh, 1977 and uh, started with a fledgling little ministry called PTL in Charlotte, North Carolina and went to school there. They had, a, they had started a university. And let me just interject that my guy that does all my television stuff that's been with me now for 24 years, uh, he was there with you. That's right, he sure he was. He got his start at uh, PTL. Yeah, so. it's a, and it was amazing clearinghouse. Looking back, you go, wow, we had some great people, you know, that came through there. Mm -hmm. So I started there and uh, worked there for 10 years, working the crew. And, you know, my ultimate goal was I want to direct the PTL club because that was in 200 markets around the country every day live. I mean, it was a big deal back yeah, then. It was. And um, so once I did that, I, I'm like, well, what's next? So I did a lot of producing and of course then everything happened with Jim at PTL and I left there to go to, in 1988, Kenneth Copeland, all the all the uproar over all the scandals was out. It is not the time to start a Christian television program. But that's what Kenneth did. Wow. So we did a daily program. They didn't have us. We had to build a studio, had to hire a crew, built a TV truck, all that when we had, we were at zero 
in less than a year, got that up and rolling and went on the air. So you started year. Kenneth on TV? Well, no, uh, Terry started him on the weekly. I helped start him on the daily. Oh, okay. So I was, they, they were, they did everything out on the, in arenas and stuff, um, mm -hmm. auditoriums. And uh, when they got to, I came when they needed to do a studio, something every day. So that's, we did that and uh, built the staff and uh, everything started working. And you know, honestly, I have come to discover something about me. I don't, I don't like to maintain. I, and I read this in a book that is there are two types of people, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, we'll find out, that there's maintainers or settlers and pioneers. Yeah. You know, a pioneer blazes the trail, but don't make him sit there and That's set right. up shop. That's me. I, I mean, I love to go in, shake it up, blow it up. Inevitably, a lot of people get upset. But anyway, um, you know, start something new. Man, I'm all in. Let's do this thing. We'll figure out all the details later. That's right. <laughs> because I, my understanding was people, people usually start that way. Something successful usually starts that way. So that's how, how I did. So I left because I, it was time to go. My work was done. Everything was fine. say this before we leave that, that I'm married to a maintainer. Yeah. And that's, see, that's perfect. Well, how about Terry? Is she well, like that? Terry, she Terry's this great blend of both because she can get in that vein with me and then tell me I need to clean off my, my wife table. has her spices <laughs> alphabetized. Everything in our wow. house is perfect. I tell people that if I get up during the night to go to the bathroom, I'll come back and the bed's made. <laughs> I mean, oh, she wow. just, everything that's is funny. perfect. And I'm just the opposite, man. I do everything off well, the Well, that's why we, we're getting along so well, because that's the way I am. And, you know, Terry, I t drag her along with me to make sure I, everything gets going to the right place. And, um, and so we, we do a lot of stuff together. And I love being able to do that. Um, but yes, yeah, she's very much, she knows where everything is. I don't do the paperwork. She does all of that. So after you got him started, you weren't into maintaining, you left. Well, I built the staff and everything was running smooth. What do I need to stick around here for, you know? And well, and it was more than that. I really felt it was time to go. And uh, so I left and went out on my own and really wanted to do third world uh, missions type stuff. So I was, the worse conditions, the better. Man, I was wanting to go. So I went all over the world, got stuck in the middle of uh, you know, a coup in, in West Africa, landed in Guinea, Guinea in uh, West Guinea, and we were there, and I'm like, what's going on? You know, talking to the missionaries, because we were doing stories on missionaries. They said, oh, well, the, <coughs> the military didn't get paid, so they're protesting. That went so well, they decided to take over the country. <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me, so in light of that, uh, I had to hide out for two weeks. Now, this is back in the days. There wasn't nothing like an iPad or a yeah. little camera. I mean, these are these big honking things and cases. And if they caught you with that, you're a spy, you know? So we stayed there. We hit out. We escaped the country. When you say eventually. we, was Terry with you? Oh, no, no. This is, a long, this is way before Terry. Oh. <clears throat> so um, I had another guy that was with me, and we were tag teaming. So we escaped the country. Um, we flagged down a guy that had taken over one of the militaries, uh, some of their guns, and we were riding, we escaped the country in a Peugeot station wagon, if you can imagine what that looked, those old big long Peugeot station wagons. And the way they knew to not shoot at him is because one guy, 
was hanging out the window with his AK-47 to like, hey, it's me, don't shoot. You know? So we got out of the country. I'm thinking, hey, I'm home free. And so we went to, we were in, uh, you know, of course, we were in Guinea. We were in uh, Cote d'Ivoire. We were in uh, Burkina Faso, Congo. So I went through all these, I was going through, you know, skipping around through all these countries. And we get to one and we've got a letter from the president. He says, it's okay for us to shoot, you know, cameras there. And uh, the police came to me and said, what are you doing? And well, we're here, look at this letter, you know, and we're going through our missionary. And uh, so he's, he's explained that it's all okay. It's, and then I go, nah, I don't think so. So come with me. So we went down to the, they took the camera, took the tape out and uh, these days of beta tape. And so in, the, in light of that, they th threw me in the jail. Now, it, the story sounds much better than what it really was. The jail cell was a room probably a third of this size with chairs all around. So, you know, Andrew, there's a lot of countries I can blend. I can, as long as I don't open my mouth, they, I, they don't know if I'm from America. But not. Not Africa. Uh -huh. <laughs> not West Africa. So they're all looking at me and I'm like, okay, God, here we go. Let's go out of there. Well, I was there. The good news is I was there for less than a day. Uh, he just wanted a bribe. Now, the missionaries didn't do bribes because if they started, they'd never stop. Yep. So, they didn't, so what they did, I found out what my life, I'm one of the few people that knows what his life is really worth. <laughs> and what my life is worth is a small New Testament and a six ounce Coca-Cola. That that's what got enough. me out of jail. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> Not even a full Coke, well, just a small one. the Bible, so he yeah, could get benefit yeah. from it. Yeah, so that, that was it. And that's how I got out of there. So, yeah. <laughs> how long did you do that? Well, I did that for about, uh, from, uh, see, that was 93 to uh, 97, four or five years. And uh, there was a, an opening <clears throat> in, in North Carolina to work with Billy Graham. And I had done some world events with Billy uh, overseas, and it was a great organization, obviously. I mean, and I'm thinking, I've worked with Jim Baker, I've worked with Kenneth Copeland, and I worked with Billy Graham. Who doesn't like Billy Graham? I mean, this will be easy. It would not work. I could not get hired. If there would be, hey, we want you, and they're like, well, we got budget cut, we're holding back. And so things are going, and, and it just kind of fell apart. There was no reason for it. They wanted me, I wanted to come, didn't work out. Then I get a call from a guy that I knew through the years. He said, look, we need, I need a producer to take over this daily TV show five days a week, and uh, need you to move to Orlando, and you'll be in Orlando for about a year and a half and go to California because we're moving everything to California. That was Benny Hinn. Mm -hmm. Now this is the time when Benny Hinn was doing these huge uh, miracle crusades. <clears throat> so, you know, it's that feeling you get when you know God just told you what you're going to do, but God, this is not what I really want to do. Benny Hinn's another controversial guy. I just kind of wanted to take it easy. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I'm on the backside. <laughs> you know, I would suspect, though, the people that watch Flashpoint would never think that you want to I know. take it easy. I, I mean, know. You kind of thrive on. I do. I do. See, so the guy was really walking out for me. <laughs> so I did that. <clears throat> I went to work for him, and sure enough, moved to Southern California. Did that, and one day Benny comes to me and says, "Jim, I want you to uh, uh, take over running the ministry." Well, the ministry is based in Dallas, with a group of people in Florida and a group of people in. Uh, California at the time. Like, this is crazy. I don't want to do that. 
But again, it's one of those things where God says, go do this. So I took over as COO of that and I was flying back and forth every, every week. And uh, as well as doing the crusades around the country and around the world at that time. So it was a real life lesson. But what I gained from that, Andrew, was this is the part people don't get about Benny Hinn, whether you like him or not. Benny knows how to get you into the presence of God. He will walk you through. And I remember being backstage with him and, uh, and there are people, 20 something thousand people out there and they were, yeah, you know, they were all ready and you could feel the place was electric. And I said, Pastor Benny, how do you do this? All those people are out there because you're here. You know it's not you. And most of them know it's not you, but yet they're here because of you. Yeah. How do you do that without, without getting the big head or, you know, getting, thinking you're all that and missing God? He goes, well, Gene, that's, please, my brother. <laughs> you know, we, uh, that's why it takes so long in praise and worship. He takes that long to get all that stuff off of you. If you get to that place with God that you can have an open an open pipeline. And so, so I was there, but what I didn't know I was learning was learning about uh, healing ministry. I did not realize I was learning how God moved. Now it, it wasn't the totality of that, but I was learning a certain segment of that that I'd never known before. Mm-hmm. Well, that was igniting some things in me. Um, and so I came back uh, and continued. I left there after a few years my season was done in 2003 and uh, left and went back out on my own doing consulting and working with different ministries like the Hagans up in uh, Tulsa. And Man, you had people. quite the connection. Yeah, yeah. Great leaders in the body. I, it was, it was, it was amazing. I was very blessed. And so when I'm there, I realize there's something more God's got than TV, than producing. And I'm like, I don't, Man, you know, I remember praying to God going, you know, I haven't been challenged since PTL. Now that's been, that was 20 years plus before that. So God, what do you, what do you want me to do? Cause this is not, I know this isn't the end of the road. I'm too young. Can't be the end of the road. And, um, he was quiet. I hate that part, <laughs> but you know, when he's quiet. So I had to kind of plug in and, uh, just wait and see. And, and then the, um, I got married to Terry in 2012. And uh, well, let me back up because I don't want to skip over something very important that people need to, I really want people to understand. All that time I was traveling, doing all those third world countries, all that time I was traveling with Benny Hinn all over the world, I was married and had family. And guess what? You can't have much of a marriage when you're not home. And you can do it for the sake of the ministry. Well, it didn't work. And it ended up when one came home one day and she said, I'm filing for a divorce. And suddenly I found myself, you know, like, well, God, I did all this for you. You know, he never told me to do all that. Um, so I was on my own for seven years doing that. And I met Terry in 20, 2011 and we got married in 2012. And then she, she was working for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And uh, I was like, you know, it's okay. I love them. I love Kenneth. Every time I see Kenneth in glory, I love him. But I don't need to do that anymore. I'm, you know, I'm doing this now. So I came out there a few times and suddenly I found myself being like, well, can you come do this? Can you come do that? And so I came back on just to help back out with TV. I thought I'm just going to give you a year and then I'll go back out and do something. 
Well, that didn't happen. And then Kenneth has this idea to, to start a network. And uh, so we started Victory Channel, and that's where that happened. But at this point, there was a real move of God going on and, uh, at Eagle Mountain Church. There was some wild stuff. And man, my heart, talk, go back to the healing thing. Suddenly, I am devouring everything about revivals, and I'm like, this is that, and wow, what did God do? And I'm going back and studying, of course, Oral, and um, everybody that we can, A.A. Allen, and Catherine, and all these great revivalists, but all these revivals we didn't know. So, I started a TV program on the network called Revival Radio TV. It's been going since 2015. Are you still still doing, doing it? All oh, right. Wow. Still doing it, where we go dive in and we get we tell you the story of what really happened because most of this stuff is lost, has been lost. So my goal for all of this was, if you'd asked me back then, what do you what is it you really want to go do? I'd have said, get me a tent, and I want to go up and preach a meeting. I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Isaiah thirty or uh, yeah thirty four ten. I want to see God move. I want to be a part of that. And so that's the direction I was heading when Kenneth Copeland called and said, you need to do something about this election. Wow. You know, those of you that are watching, I bet you didn't know this stuff about Gene. I've not known you very long, but I haven't known any of these things about right. you. We just see you on Flashpoint and see you talking about current events, but that's amazing to it know is. your background and the people that God has connected you with. Yeah, God's been very, very blessed, very blessed. Let me just say before we continue here that we're going to take a break in just a few minutes, but if you want to call in and ask a question of Gene or, or make a comment, uh, the number is 719-619-2341 and we'll be taking your call. We'll put you on the air and we'll talk to you. So that's 719-619-2341. Uh, so how did you get into Flashpoint? He just called and said... Well, I was over the network and he, he said, I need you to do something for this election, you know, because things were looking shaky. And uh, so I knew that I didn't want to spend money on somebody else doing something because if it's going to be like six weeks, I can just take that on for six weeks and six, eight weeks, whatever it was at the time. So I called Jason up and I said, Jason, I got an idea and I want to do this show and this is who I want. And, and uh, he said, well, when do you want to start? I said, tomorrow. <laughs> so You're making me feel better. Yeah, yeah. And I just have had meetings today about us starting a network and yeah. we're planning on six, seven months. You I start hate, I tomorrow. Hate I started tomorrow. And so here's what we did. He got with the, one of our producers and we kind of brainstormed some ideas and we were texting ideas for the show name. And anyway, we went with it and by by the next morning, there was a video for me to look at. How's this open? You like it? Yeah, it's great. And we still use a lot of elements from that original open on the show today. So we did the first week, like I said, the very first program was on Facebook with Lance Wall now as guest number one. And, and it was fun, but I didn't know if people, this was, this was kind of scary territory for a lot of believers. Think back now. It's not so much now, but back in 2020, people were like, man, you know, separation of church and state, you better not go down that path. And, you know, and uh, so we did that. And I'm kind of, you know, waiting, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Gene, you can't do that. And uh, it didn't. So we, we started that. And then I added Hank the next week. And then I added Mario Murillo after that. And we just, and then it just exploded. Because suddenly we were talking about what people were concerned about. And, well, they're looking uh, and being for, honest. 
they're looking for a Christian perspective on right. what's happening, and it's hard to find one. It the is. The mainstream media is certainly not Christian, and a lot of the networks are not taking a stand. They're uh, avoiding it. Well, a lot of them are, and a lot of churches and pastors don't like us uh, because we are taking a stand. And it's easy, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. You get labeled you're on the Trump train or, you know, you're on this or that or, or you're Christian nationalist or Christo-fascist. And, you know, I didn't know I'd be on the, in the Rolling Stone magazine, but I made it to Rolling Stone. And uh, if you haven't, you they, aren't anybody. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they said that's I right. was uh, some well-coiffed, uh, that was the, uh, the sunny and well-coiffed host. And I'm like, really? That's what I get? You know, after all these years. So uh, that's how we started. And uh, the idea was, so we put on this board. Let me tell you this part. Put on this board. Who would we like to get to come on the show? And I said, well, we'd love to get President Trump, I mean, Donald Trump at that point. So he wasn't, he wasn't on. And um, one day I said, we had a red phone. And I put the phone out there. And on the air, unbeknownst to anyone, I said, President Trump, if, or candidate Trump, whatever we said, I'm waiting for your call. You're going to call. So I'm here waiting on it. Did he call? I, the show went off there and I'm like, oh God, what have I done? You know, and so it, it was several months, but he called. Wow. And that was the first entree into uh, talking with him. And since then we've done a few, several interviews. So right now, uh, Flashpoint is not only on Victory Channel, you're on other networks and right. stations. And what's the future? The future, well, you know, right now we're focused on this election. And uh, this is the year. Andrew, really believe this with everything that in me is like, this is the year. If we don't put everything on the field for America, you can forget your 501c3. You can forget your church. Because imagine this group of people in for the next four years. And they, it's a lame duck. They can do whatever they want. They're already, I mean, look at what they've done yeah. to, whether you like Trump or not, look at what they've done to the man. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're not holding anything back to go after somebody. Now, I, you would probably know this better than I did, but I saw a headline, I didn't read it, but didn't Trump win the Pennsylvania primary and he wasn't even on the ballot? It was Nevada. Actually, it was Nevada. Oh, it was Nevada? Yeah, Nevada this and, week. And I think that people are just so <laughs> upset at the they way are. they're treating Trump that they're going to vote for him just to push yeah. back against all I this. I think you're right. I think it's right. Well, I mean, it, his name never wasn't on the ballot, so it was others besides the candidate or something like that. And he won. And he won. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, it's, but I, we have to do this. So I, I want to, if I could just say, what is our job this year? It's to wake up believers to get involved. And that's what's so great about Truth and Liberty. You're doing the same thing. We have to wake you up, understand. So many of us are <clears throat> intimidated because we didn't like me, didn't really pay attention in high school back when they had civics classes. Yes, that was terrible. It was horribly boring. And, you know, you're just trying to, you know, get the answers so you can pass the class. So I didn't understand. I still don't understand everything about how it all works. But I'm understanding. I'm getting it. And the reality is we must do this. And, you know, President Trump in the last interview, he sat down. As he was sitting down, we were getting ready. He's putting his mic on and he says, Gene, you know, if all you guys in the church would just go vote the right way, you'd never lose an election. Yeah, I heard that. And I'm like, you're right. You're absolutely right. But we found out, Andrew, that people don't, Christians, we used to say, go vote, go vote, go vote. Well, they, some would, some wouldn't. 
Then we'd said in the next election, vote the Bible, vote the Bible. Then we figured out they don't know what the Bible says. Right. So now it's like, tell me what, how to vote. <laughs> Which is, what is shocking to me is that there's a lot of pastors and leaders out there that don't want to do that. They don't want to, because they don't want to take a side in all of well, this. Well, they've been brainwashed to think that we don't have the freedom to do that. And that is that's absolutely right. untrue. <clears throat> it is untrue. So that's why we have to wake up America. That's why it's all important about this year. Of course, we're doing the events to get people motivated, run for school board, do whatever we can to get out there. And that's what we're doing. Well, it's time to take a break. We're going to take a 90-second break and make a couple of ads, and then we'll be right back. But we have open lines, 719-619-2341. And I've got more questions for Gene, so I can keep asking him. But if you want to talk or make a comment, it's 719-619-2341. So let's take a break, and we'll be right back. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God, long before you were born. He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. So welcome back here with Andrew Womack and also Gene Bailey, the uh, host of Flashpoint. And he's also the Flashpoint Live that we are starting tomorrow here at our Caris Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. So uh, we would encourage you to um, come and be a part of that. And I think we're also going to live stream it, aren't we? We are. Yeah, it'll be live. Uh, How do they do that? Well, they can go to the Victory Channel uh, and see it there. Or you can go follow us. The easiest way is if you're watching on uh, on social media or on your computer, go to uh, rumble.com slash flashpoint. There's a whole flashpoint channel on rumble. The reason we're pushing rumble is because we can't, we keep getting suppressed or the algorithms are getting canceled. So go watch on rumble or you can watch on victory channel or Roku, wherever victory's at, we'll be on there starting seven central. So what's that six here, yeah. six mount. So we've given some of your background, talked about how you got into Flashpoint, talked about uh, <coughs> where Flashpoint is right now. So you also host events. And right. you've been doing that. I saw the one where you were at the Maybe Center and I think you had what? It was a it Well they turned people around they turned people away. We we topped twelve, thirteen, I think, thousand wow. people that came to that one. And you know what was interesting about that, Andrew, is that we were seeing people for the first time. What what blessed me is I'm seeing people sitting on a row and they're talking to, they're like looking around going, hey, I'm not alone. Yeah. This doesn't, this That's is what crazy. I got out of. Yeah, you know, they were really enjoying, under, I mean, yes, we, we were inspiring and giving people things to do. So uh, that we started that. It actually came up after the show. Let's go back to when the show was started. Uh, we would get on the phone. We were having such a good time. 
uh, I would call Lance and Hank and we would talk on the phone and Mario when he could and we would talk about the show and I, and I said, you know guys, what do you think? What if we did an event around the country? I have this idea, do you think people would come? When they were like, you know, they're ready to pack up, pack up the bus and go. And I'm like, well, we're, I gotta, you know, I gotta go through the right channels, but that's what I'm thinking. So the, the first year was to go out and inspire people, give people a place to connect. The second year, last year, we were there to connect you with how to do things, how to change your school board. What are the steps you need to do? So we would did that during the day on Friday so that you're, you're seeing what God can do with you in the government space where you live. Uh, now this year, we're still doing all of that, but we're going to emphasize something more because I have said this from the beginning, it's not a political problem that we got to fix, it's a spiritual one. If we don't fix the spiritual problem, mm -hmm. the political one will never get fixed. It's just going to change hands. It'll be a different group of people doing the same thing, if not worse. So when we get those things together, we're going to do it. And I was really complaining to God just a couple weeks ago saying, God, you know, you know, I want to remember those things about doing tent meetings. I really want to do it. And you know, this is why I, I don't got no time. I, I'm going to, you know, I, and so I was really not big man of faith. I was just complaining. And he said, well, I gave you two nights. I'm like, oh my gosh, two nights. I got two nights. So the second night we're, we're going to emphasize that this year. So it's a very interesting group of people that come. You, you've got people that have not saved and you've got people that are stalwarts in the church and you've got people that are, uh, I have, uh, you know, representatives and senators who are there to be seen. <laughs> Don't necessarily like you, but they're to be seen. And I love it. I love it all. So when we had a, our first altar call, actually it was in Omaha and Mario gave the altar call and Hank and I were over to the side going, Oh God, please let somebody come down for Mario, <laughs> you know, because you know, it's a, it's his conference yeah. he does. And about 600 people came down. Wow. That night, the flashpoint night. And we're like, wait a minute, this is different than what we, we're talking to a different group of people. We found out there was a huge amount of people that were the Trumpers who were just despondent. Their guy didn't, they know something's wrong with the election. And what do I do? So because of that, we must point people back to the word. We must point people back to Jesus. And if this year we're going to do a lot more pointing and I'm believing God and praying for signs and wonders. God, I want to see people one night get, get their politics straightened out and the next night walk out healed. And uh, so along the lines of what you're saying, some of my staff have been to Kenneth Copeland and have <coughs> been doing things with you. And I heard one of the comments back uh, that you said, that uh, Flashpoint is drawing a whole different group of people than what Kenneth draws on That's Victory true. Channel. And so true. you're seeing uh, people come that aren't necessarily Christians, but they're just convinced that we got to have yeah, a return. They are. And you know, the, uh, the mission statement for KCM is right, taking people from the milk to the meat to the word, Hebrews 5.12. Well, that's great. And so when they're like, Gene, we can't, when you get your people, I said, look, my people aren't even on milk yet. <laughs> they're, they're up here on water. And there's a few meat eaters down here, but this big crowd, you got to talk to them different. You can't start rolling, throwing out religious sayings and because they're going, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want, I just want to make sure the right election happens. You know, 
So it's a challenge back home. How do we handle these people? How do we dive in there? How do we talk to them in language they understand? Which I love because that's the way I am and just blind. And I think you also advise my crew to be careful when they scan the crowd because they may see some shirts and things that. Oh, yeah. Christian. Yeah, yeah. Budweiser t shirts and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll you'll see it all. Uh, So, yeah, you see a lot of stuff. Uh, let's uh, encourage you once again, if you'd like to call and talk to Gene or myself and ask a question. It doesn't have to be on topic. You can ask us anything. But uh, anyway, the number is 719-619-2341. So let me ask you, are you thinking about taking this international or is this just... We would. We, we would do it in a heartbeat. Um, a lot of people are scared of us, uh, Andrew, because we. I really want to go to Australia and I want to go to Canada. But those are two heavily oppressed areas. So it's gonna, I can't go unless they invite us and bring us there. But I want to do that. There is no place, because this isn't just an American issue. This isn't just an American yeah. thing. We have to change the whole, until every person has heard the gospel. I'm just bringing it to you in a different way. And you know, I saw on, uh, on Victory Channel, I'm not sure if it was Victory News or if it was Flashpoint, but anyway, I saw an interview of, uh, you had some people down on the border and there was this convoy of truckers going down. Yeah, so that's right. Have you guys dealt with the immigration being in Texas? Absolutely. Are you seeing the effects of all of this? Well, we're seeing the effects of it. All you got to do is go to a, a, an airport and you're going to see the effects of immigration because they're, it's every state now is a border state. Um, we're glad to see Governor Abbott finally do something at the border. I feel like it's a little late, but better late than never. However, the other side of this, is everybody's talking about, oh, look how great Governor Abbott is at Eagle Pass. Look at this. It's great. And Terry found this for me. And, and you go half a mile down the road, door, the gates are open, and you can walk right through. So, yes, Eagle Pass is all blocked off, but it's nowhere near <laughs> what, you're, what you think you're looking at. It's the, the border is still porous, to say the least. Was any of the border wall in Texas, or is that all over in California? Arizona? No, yes, yeah, some of it is. Some of it is. It's... Uh, uh, we've been able to to track down through some of it. the The problem is when they they were saving the the rough terrain for later. But what people don't know is what the the Biden regime did is they they came in on their first time and said stop work on the wall, and they laid all of that all that stuff taxpayers all the materials laid there rusting. Well, what people don't know is they went in last year. And sold it for scrap. Now that's no, just, that's American. That's just pennies on the dollar. Did you know that uh, Colorado, of course, is a liberal state, and they call themselves a sanctuary state? And so uh, Abbott and others have been shipping immigrants up to Denver. And just yesterday, I was in a meeting, and we got a call from the sheriff, and the sheriff stopped the van that was carrying a whole group of immigrants <coughs> to Woodland Park, right where we are. And when he stopped him, the driver said he's from Karis Bible College and he's bringing them up here to drop them off. And, and they never made it, but he was lying and blaming wow. us that we oh, are wow. now a sanctuary place. And so it's affected us I right here it. and we're having I to deal it. with it. And that's not, the, that's not the answer. The answer is stop them. Yeah. But the bigger question is, why do they want to keep the border open? Why, why hasn't... By, well, you know, that's... Uh, they they want to they want to kill America. Yeah. They re- this is really the ultimate. Well, let me battle. ask you why. What is the advantage to the liberals 
of all of the immigrations and killing America. I mean, they're trying to undo our Constitution. They're uh, taking Trump off the uh, ballots. They're taking away the freedom to vote. Why? What is it that's so attractive? Well, the, the attractive is the, the deep state, and everybody goes, oh, okay, you're going to go conspiracy theory. No, I'm not. But I'm telling you, the deep state is real. They're there. They don't want to lose any power. The biggest challenge to that is Trump coming in because now he knows who the players are and who, who are the good guys. So he's going to come back in and know what to do. And he's got nothing to lose. So yeah. that's why they're fighting against him so much. So they want, they want to change it. I used to say it's because they're trying to, uh, and I think there was an element of this, <coughs> where they wanted to change the voting public. And they still want that. But that's backfiring on them. Because a lot of people are coming here going, well, we don't want that America. Yeah. We want the, the good people that are coming want the America that we know and love and free to, the freedom that we uh, purport to have. And that's what they want. They don't want Joe Biden's America. So that's kind of backfiring. So now they're just trying to dilute uh, as much as they can. But my concern is the bad actors and the terrorists that are have been verified or coming across that other countries are sending. Um, you know, I, they want to destroy America. That's a shame. You know, I, I, I uh, love President Trump in my estimation as far as the performance, of, as far as what he did. I think he is the most godly president in my lifetime. Now, he's not necessarily such a godly person. Mm -hmm. And the way he talks, I often say that the only time he opens his mouth is to change feet. Yep. I mean, he just is, <laughs> he's right. his own worst enemy. So I'm not just saying I am a hundred percent for anything Trump wants to do, but I do believe that when he came in, one of the serious mistakes he made, he was gullible was. and he didn't realize how bad the deep state no, was. He did. And I've heard him say that he was used to dealing with the mafia and that they had integrity compared exactly to the right. there were some standards <laughs> some standards and anyway he was fooled and allowed people inside the white house to right. stay on staff that were uh, sending out things and revealing things and doing stuff but i can guarantee you if trump gets elected again he's not naive mm -hmm. this there time i think he'll come in and clean house i believe he will and and i think that's been the biggest jump for people to have to deal with is uh, you know they they're not electing a pastor they're electing a president and I want, I want the guy in, in charge that you just don't know what he might do. You want that guy that he's got his finger on the button. Not that he would push it, but that he's just kind of got a little crazy in there that maybe something would happen to, uh, he's not gonna let people uh, push America around. He is so America first. And if there was another candidate that would be that way, I'd be for them. Yeah, I don't like some of the things, and I've got a good, real good friend of mine, one of my close friends, that says he'll never vote for Trump again just because he's been so offended mm. at some oh, of the yeah. things he does and the way that he trashes everybody. And I can appreciate that, but it, again, what are the alternatives? Bingo. Vote Bingo. for Biden versus Trump. Yeah. There's no comparison. No. Let's go to Sierra. She's calling in from Texas, and you're on the air with Andrew and... Um, Gene Bailey, <laughs> just nearly <laughs> forgot your name. Andrew and Gene, you're on, Sierra. Welcome. Hello, how are y'all today? Blessed. Okay, my question is, uh, have, have y'all heard anything about people not being able to get some of their medicine? Um, I've had uh, trouble getting one of my medicines. I'm, I have a bipolar disorder, and I take lorazidone, which is a, a generic for Latuda. 
and I've been taking it for several years. And they just put me on the lorazidone not too long ago, and I called to get my prescription, and my pharmacy said that it was on back order. And I said, well, I called on Thursday. I said, well, will it be available by Monday? And they said, oh, we don't know. We don't know when it's going to be available. Well, Sierra, I'm not a, an expert on this. I've not taken any medicine. I took two Tylenol in 56 years. I don't get sick, so that's not my wheelhouse. But I bet you you've had people on. Yeah, we have a lot of people on uh, from time to time. I, you know, Sierra, the, the big thing here is yes and no. Uh, I hear rumblings, nothing that I can vet and verify to say absolutely this is. But I can tell you this, a lot of medicine is manufactured in China. A lot of stuff you get comes from there. So is another cause for concern. If something were to happen, just cut off some of the medicine supplies. Uh, that's why you have to look at alternative ways and even alternative medicines, alternative ways to get the medicine you want and alternative means to get that. Now, I know that we get some uh, medicine from overseas, from another country, just to, to have on stock because you can't get it here in America. So I know that's probably not enough of an answer, but that's that's what, what we do know. So Sierra, God's going to take care of you. And um, I'd like to encourage you that, man, there's nothing that a pill could do for you that Jesus couldn't do better. So uh, there are alternatives, and I, I believe that we could help you. You know, we've got people standing by at our phone center 24-7, and they're there. They could pray with you. And we've seen people raised from the dead over our phones We've seen lots of miracles of healing, and so you could call there. The number there is 719-635-1111, and people there could pray with you and help you any way that we can. So anyway, I hope that answers your questions, Sierra. Let's go to Donna. You're a Truth and Liberty member and also an AWMI partner. You're calling in from Idaho, and you're on with Gene and Andrew. Hi. You guys might have answered this this question, but I didn't hear it. Um, on the election, I've talked to friends that are not really that Christian, but they're saying there's going to be so much cheating and deception that it would be hard for Trump to win. You know, so my concern is what's being done by maybe the Republicans or the people that can do something? What are they doing to make sure the same thing doesn't happen or worse. Well, let me start, and then I'll let Gene answer. I think he probably can give a better answer than I do. But I do believe that there was massive fraud. Trump got 10, 10 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016 and lost by supposedly like 11 million votes <laughs> or something. So I just don't believe that that's accurate. And uh, I had David and Tim Barton on with me on this program. And we were addressing a call just like this. And somebody says, so what's the use of voting if we think that there's fraud? Well, first of all, David Barton, I thought this was really wisdom. He says, we have an accountability to God to do what's right. right. And if our vote was always hijacked and if it never counted, you are going to answer to God for whether you vote or not. Now, if other people uh, skew the vote, we can't always control that. So that's number one. But then there are a lot of things being done. And like in Virginia, when they had Yunkin get elected and stuff, they brought in poll watchers, which is, this is something that they can do. And in the uh, 2020 uh, election, I think it was, they had 95% of the poll watchers 
were Democrats. In the 2022 election, it, it flopped, flipped, and it was 95% uh, Republican. So that's one thing that can happen. There are some legislation that have been passed in certain states where they are trying to true the vote and limit things. So there's things being done, and we need to pray against uh, you know the the elections being rigged, but we've still got to go out and vote, and we got to turn out Christians. We need to get Christians yeah, to where they're voting. Well, and and I would say uh, there, Donna, tell your friends you say they're maybe not believers. You know, well, if you don't vote, that means you're voting for the wrong guy. We say, well, how do you know who's the wrong guy? That's my point. You don't know if you don't know who you're voting for. Uh, and I agree absolutely what Andrew just said. Now, let me tell you on the practical side, I don't have an updated number of the number of, uh, of districts that are now gone to paper ballots. That's a huge win, that is. a massive win. But I'm so glad you brought up poll watchers. You can be, that's something that uh, everybody needs to do. If, if it's possible for you to do, you wanna help, go be a poll watcher and you can watch what happens. They will train you. Don't let that intimidate you. They will show you how to do it, and uh, it, it will be a, a mat. And you can just call your local election board, and they will walk you through it. In fact, if you, if you want to go to the Republican side, go to the Republican uh, committee in your area, and they, they will help point you. They would love to have your help, and they'll help train you. But we, we cannot we cannot stand on the shoulders of the men and women who died for this country to keep our freedom and to give us that right to vote by not voting. That's a slap in their face. And so we can't, we must vote even when we don't understand. Now, the other side of that is exactly what Andrew said. We leave it up to God to work out the details. But let me tell you this. Just because we didn't know about the cheating, cheating has gone back to uh, the Abraham Lincoln years of when he was. So cheating's always been there. And it was there in 2016. <coughs> what happened in 2016 is the voters overwhelmed what yeah. they thought was going to happen. Yeah, Remember they fun. said 92% were, were saying that Hillary was going to win. Well, the, the voters for Trump so overwhelmed the system, it couldn't keep up with it and flip that election. So. There's another reason. And I've heard stories up. about Hillary just went berserk because she had been guaranteed she would she win. And, but the voters for Trump overwhelmed their algorithms. And again, uh, we haven't solved all of the voting problems, but if Christians would turn out and vote, it's just Try. like you were quoting Trump. We are by far the largest block of uh, people right. in this nation. And we could overwhelm their algorithms so that there's no way. So. We've got to just continue to fight, we and do. I believe we can turn this thing around. Amen. Let's see if we can squeeze Gladys in before we go to a break. Gladys, you're from Georgia. You're on with Andrew and Jean. Hello, Brother Andrew. How are you? I'm blessed. Good to hear from you, Gladys. Yeah. How are you, Brother Jean? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Uh, my question is, uh, from your experience with your first marriage, as you said earlier, what would be your advice on how to balance what God has called you to do and also maintain a good marriage? Well, wow, that's, that's, that's a loaded a question. question. It's a very good question. Uh, I can tell you where, maybe I can tell you the best is tell you where I, I, because of my personality, because I like to go get it done. People were at the office love to have a meeting about it. I have, the, I have, I work with a bunch of people that love to meet about stuff. And I'm like, y'all go meet, I'm gonna go get it done. 
and that's that's who I am. Now, unfortunately, the bad side of that is I want to keep doing it. Like when I do this meeting uh, here in the next couple of days here in Colorado, you know what, what happens when I leave? I, in fact, it happened today. I was already talking about Tulsa. I'm calling Kurt, going, Kurt, we got to get this done. We got to get this. What about this? What about this? So it, it, you get into the trap of being busy. That is probably the biggest mistake that I make is that it's real easy for me to get overwhelmed and be busy. Now, this is where Terry comes in and she stomps her foot and tells me, Are, do you really want to go do that? And, uh, you know, you're not doing that. And, and it's for my health because I, I would work myself to the ground if I, if I didn't stop. So you must have the rest. I mean, we're told, we're taught in Scripture to rest. Even God rested when He made the universe. You know, so if, if He rests, we ought to rest. So that's, uh, it's a constant challenge. It's probably my biggest challenge in all of that is uh, keeping that relationship uh, in your family life. Now, there were some other reasons our marriage failed in the beginning, uh, but it didn't, it sure didn't help not being there. You, you can't work on something when you're not around. And God's not impressed by uh, how much you, you, you know, you worked in the ministry and how many hours you stayed up. And uh, that's, that's, that's my Well, point. you know, I don't want to take anything away from what you've said. And I agree that you do have to give priority to your marriage. But I've just been watching documentaries on Billy Graham. You said you worked with him. And Billy Graham was gone all the time. And Ruth just kept the family together. She did. And so it that's takes right. two people. And I'm not Absolutely. saying you didn't no, you're right. do some things that put pressure on your marriage, but I'm sure that there's another yes. drop on this thing. Yeah. So it takes two people to make a marriage work. And I tell you, I'm so blessed to be married to Jamie. That, uh, I've often said that there's not another woman on this planet that would have put up with what I put her through. Being yeah. eight months pregnant and going two weeks with nothing wow. but water because I was called to the ministry and I would not work a secular job and we nearly starved to death and Jamie never one time griped or complained. You ought to think about staying with her. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep her. <laughs> She's a keeper. Well, I tell and that's, you're absolutely right. And being married to the right person is a really good first step. That yeah. really is. Yeah. And you know, God put us together. It was supernatural. Let's see if we can squeeze Tracy in before we go to the break. Tracy, you're from Ohio and you're on with Gene and Andrew. Hello, I'm so happy to talk with you. Yes, ma'am. Um, my husband and I are so grateful that we found your uh, ministry, all the messages and the Truth and Liberty broadcast and all the programs on Gospel Truth TV. And I'm wondering, are there any plans to possibly broadcast any of that through a Sirius XM channel? We've got some big plans and I'm a little hesitant to give them right now because it's preliminary and I may not be able to fulfill them in a certain time, but we are starting our own network and we are going to be broadcasting and, and uh, I can actually reach more people through some of the plans that we've got coming up than what I'm doing right now. Right now we've got 5.2 billion people that could watch my program on a daily basis and we've actually got some things in works to increase that. And we have considered Sirius and uh, we've contacted them and at the moment they don't want me. If I was to pay them maybe a premium, an extra, right. they might let me do it. But 
as we grow, I think we're going to be on every available voice that we possibly can. Is Kenneth on serious? No, and I'll say from, we've done the same thing. Looked into it. Uh, they don't. They don't really want a lot of that. They they have uh, Joel Osteen yeah. radio, and that's for them. That's good enough. Yeah. But when they get desperate, it'll but come. But you know, around. Joel. Again, I'm not against Joel at all. But Joel is not going to say anything that's real controversial. No. He's never. And I think that's censored. why they like him. Yeah. And that's the reason. And and Kenneth, you and I, <laughs> we get censored all of the time. That's true. I mean, I. It's something. I had my staff come to me and said, you've already been censored twice this week on YouTube. And if you do it a third time in a week, I think they take you off permanently or something. And, they, and I said something and they said, so do you want us to edit this out? And I said, no. I said, it's one thing if they censor me, but I am not going to self-censor. That's good. That just uh, is bowing to them and empowering them. And I said, if they censor me, that's on them. But if I censor me, that's on me and I'm going to have to answer to this. So... Anyway, Tracy, we are reaching out, and, and there's a lot going on that I just can't tell you right now because it's premature, uh, but we're going to do everything we possibly can. I'd appreciate your prayers and uh, because I think that our best days are ahead of us. We're going to see the biggest growth we've ever seen in the next 10 years. That's awesome. Amen. So thank you for your call. Again, we've got Gene Bailey with us. He's the host of Flashpoint, and Flashpoint Live is with us tomorrow and Friday. And so if you are anywhere in the Colorado area, you're welcome to come. And also we're going to live stream it, I think you said, through Rumble? Yep, Rumble and, of course, on Victory Channel as well. And so anyway, we'd encourage you to be a part of it. It's going to be awesome. So let's go ahead and take our break. And then we'll be back for our last segment, taking your calls. We've got some people on the phones right now, but we do have open lines. If you want to call, it's 719-619-2341, and we'd be glad to have you on with us. So let's take this 90-second uh, break, and we'll be right back. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty Live call-in show with Gene Bailey and Andrew Womack. And I tell you, we've, had, we've been discussing some good things. And one of the things that I think God raised Flashpoint up for, for is that Christians know that we aren't being told the truth. We know that we're being systematically lied to. 
But where do you go to find out the truth? And so Victory News, I really like Victory News with right. uh, Greg Stevens and also Flashpoint is a place where you can get a Christian perspective on what's going on. And, and give us again the times that you're on on Victory. And well, we're on Monday, Tuesday and Thursday uh, live at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain. And that's on Victory? Victory and Channel. And Victory is on? Uh, it's Direct. on DirecTV, DISH, uh, as well as so, uh, several dot two stations around the country and on Roku Victory Channel you can find it just type in go victory and you'll get the uh, channel and so I'd really recommend it it's uh, it's important that Christians have some place they can go and I mean you have on some uh, pretty important people people that are yeah. making a difference in this nation and know what they're talking about so it's not True. just you or some uh, minister talking about this you have experts right. on in their field and it makes a difference We've still got some open lines, 719-619-2341. So uh, let's go to Emma from Texas, and you've got a question right along the lines of many of the things we've been talking about here today. So Emma, you're on with Gene and Andrew. Hi, hi, Gene. This is Emma from Fort Worth, hi. Texas. Um, my question is, is the separation of church and state actually in the Constitution? Okay. Let me make this very clear. No. <laughs> is that now, pretty clear? <laughs> that's pretty clear. Listen, in fact, Rob Reiner is doing a movie, yeah. and he's tagged me and Lance Wall now in there and Flashpoint Events, and it's coming out next week, I think, called God in Country, and we're preparing to do a response to that film once we know what's really in it. And they're saying, it's in there three times. I'm like, no, it's not. In fact, I've challenged Rob Reiner, show us where it is. Put it out there so we can all be corrected. But no, no, this it's not. This is one of the things that's so in frustrating is that the left will just lie oh, without I, a conscience. Yeah. And once it's out, people think, well, it couldn't be totally wrong. They wouldn't just say a lie. So they can just <laughs> fabricate anything. And then we're on the defensive having to try and prove, to prove it. Yeah, exactly. So, and, yeah. and the uh, conservatives, of course, not all conservatives are godly people, but as a That's whole, right. they won't just come out and lie and totally misrepresent. That's them. correct. So we're at a little bit of a disadvantage. We are at a disadvantage with that because we, there are, there is a standard. Um, so yes, it's not there. And you, I'm glad you said that, Andrew, because there are so many that will just flat lie to you. And you'll, if you're not careful, you'll start believing it yourself when you've seen the documents. Uh, but it's not, it's not in there. No, it's not in there. So in fact, if anything, if anything, it comes from uh, with Jefferson. Uh, the whole point in there was the church. Don't let the state infect the church. To sum it up, that that's the. I'll get my facts wrong, but the whole point is, he, when he was referring to that, it was in a letter. It wasn't in the Constitution, it was but he to was the concerned. Danbury Baptist. Danbury Baptist. Thank you. That he was concerned about that was going to infect the church. Don't let government infect the church. That's the. The whole Baptists thing. were saying that we're fearful that the state is going to start regulating exactly. us, and and uh, Jefferson said there is a clear wall between of separation between the church and the state, and it was so that the, the state would not regulate and throttle back the church. But it was never that we were supposed to be separated. 
Right. You go back to our founding fathers. You know they. That's held, why they came. They held church in the Capitol when it was first built. It was the clergy that put it out. The British said, Cornwallis said that if it wasn't for that black robe regiment speaking about the preachers, we'd have won the revolution. That's right. And Christians have done it. Muhlenberg, you go into Statuary Hall, there are preacher after preacher after it preacher is. that have been statesmen, that have been Speaker of the House, uh, and on and on. And man, there are Supreme Court rulings that America is a totally Christian nation. It will tolerate other things, but we are a Christian nation, contrary to what Obama said. So this whole thing of separation of church and state is an absolute lie. It is, 100%. And you know, I think where it really began to gain traction was when Lyndon Johnson came along. And in order to run and win re-election, he was being opposed. And there was a 501c3 group. I forget now exactly which one it was. But they were gaining traction and they were coming against him. And he put through some legislation that's called the Johnson legislation that forbid a 501c3 to even comment on elections. And he did that to protect himself. Yeah. And the liberals came along and interpreted that as well. Churches now can't do it. But did you know Pulpit Freedom Sunday? I'm sure you're aware of that. I don't even know for probably two decades or more. There are churches that have been writing out their sermons, sending them to the IRS and saying, here's what we're going to preach. We're going to recommend this candidate and we're going to do these things. And if you think that this is contrary to the Constitution, come after us, sue us. They're looking for a case oh, they are. where they can defend it. And over two decades, the uh, IRS has never come against any church because they don't have a leg to stand on. They don't. They it don't. was just this Johnson Amendment. and. It, it doesn't prohibit things. It threatens it, but it's not a constitutional right. thing. And churches should be standing up. And you don't have to sit there and say, vote for this person. I don't, you can, but you don't have to do that. You can just stand up and say, vote for morality. Oppose these people that are into killing babies even after they're born. Oppose people that are pushing transgenderism, homosexuality. And the church has every right to do that. Matter of fact, they have a responsibility to do it. They do. In fact, if you would, you know, you'd look at the, uh, the two platforms side by side, and that's what I know in our church George does every year, every election year goes through. This is what this one believes. This is what this one believes. You decide. You know, it's real easy. What does the Bible say? Here it is. You know, in 2018, we have three screens in our large auditorium, and in the center, we put what the Bible says about homosexuality, transgenderism, just everything. We went down what the Bible says. Then on the right side, we put what the Republican platform said. And on the left side, we put what the Democrats said. And I'm not a Republican. I am a Republican, but I'm not committed to the Republican. I'm committed to God. The only reason I'm a Republican is because their platform goes right with Scripture. Now, that, there's a lot of rhinos. I'm not oh, saying yeah. every Republican right. is a godly person, but the Republican platform, which uh, David Barton is one of the main architects of that, and he's uh, uh, on our board of directors here. He's just a great guy. I know he, he works is. with oh, Victory yeah. a lot on election He works night. with us a lot. He's working with us on this, uh, on this uh, response to this God and country. But David Barton is one of the main architects of the Republican platform, and it is the most godly, the most uh, the, the closest to the Bible of any Republican platform, I think, that's ever been written. And on the other hand, the Democrats actually, back, I think it was 20, 
20, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, they took God out of their platform, yeah, and there was such a rebellion or a reaction to that that they put his name back in. But every single thing in the Democratic platform is the opposite of what the Bible says. And so that's the reason that at the moment I'm a Republican. And if the Republicans ever go woke, I'll be something else. Amen. I'm going to stand Amen. for the Word of God. That's right, what you have to do. Amen. So let's go to Molly. You're a CBC student from Virginia. You're on Truth and Liberty Live with Gene and Andrew. Hello. Well, I just first wanted to tell you, Andrew, that my husband and I, Doug is my husband's name, we found you June the 2nd, 2009, and we are forever changed. And we have supported oh, you from God. that day on, on every campaign, and we have been able to fulfill 2 Corinthians 9, 8, where God says we're able to make, he is able to make all grace abound toward us, that we're always having all sufficiency and all things to abound to every good work. And you do Amen. every good work. Amen. Well, thank you, Molly. That's a real blessing. That is. A blessing. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. So we are so thankful. But I just wanted to ask, what do you think, I mean, when it says in Hebrews eleven sixteen about they, they need a new country, so how can we use your declaration of our dependence on God as our declaration of independence and use the Bible as a constitution and have a, I don't know what you'd want to call it, a great revolution, but a new, a new, uh, a new, you know, do it again. You know, Molly, I don't believe we need to come up with a new constitution. The one we have is fine. The problem is people aren't following it. Our constitution I mean, if you were to put it into biblical terms, if they were still writing the Bible today, I believe that the American Constitution and the founding of this nation would be in Scripture as one of the great things that God has done. So there's nothing wrong with our Constitution. It's the fact that we aren't following it. And, you know, I've dealt with this before. I've actually told people that if Trump gets back in, there are people that are saying that they will physically fight. They, right. We've seen riots in the streets, you know, back during the 2020 and the George Floyd and uh, riots and all these things. And I've actually had people say, say that if Trump was to be elected, if we got a conservative Congress, that they fear that we would have another uh, civil war. And you know what? I don't want a civil war. I don't know anybody that does. But would it be worth it to turn this nation back? I believe it would. And you know what? Uh, it was John Adams that said, duty is ours. Results is God's. That's right. All we can do is what's the right thing. And we've got to stand up and not sit there and decide whether we're going to do the right thing or not based on whether we think this is going to be the result. We have to have the duty. We have to do the right thing and leave the results to God. So I don't want a civil war. I don't know anybody that does, but I want to see this nation return because we're going to lose Mm -hmm. our liberties, freedoms, our, our children, grandchildren, it's going to be terrible. And we've got China on the move now, and I believe that they are going to be a major, major problem. And I mean, they're already a problem, but they're going to be even a greater problem. They're attacking us through tech, through the social media, uh, through finances. They own most of our debt. And just on and on you go, we talked about drugs right. earlier. And if we don't do something to turn this nation around, we aren't going to have a nation. So regardless of the consequences, I believe we just need to return to the Constitution, get godly people in, and Amen. deal with the results. Amen. I'm, you we'll agree? See. I 100%. You have anything to add to that? No, I, I think you're right. We we must. The Constitution is great. I mean, the, we're just. It's exactly what you said. People aren't following it. 
So I, I do believe while, uh, you know, there's the concern about what happens if Trump gets elected and going to the streets. Well, I can't live tomorrow today. However, we can be voices of peace and reason, but that does not mean you can have to be a voice of a doormat. You don't have to be trampled on. And that's why we've got a long way to go to stop being doormats in Christianity in America and start standing up and they say, well, that's not love. Oh, yes, it is love. And that's exactly who we need to be when it comes to this. So we're going to go into it. I, I think uh, I heard Kenneth Copeland say one time, what we need is a mild revolution, which is a revolution of thought and understanding. That's why this year it's, got, it's so important because it's a spiritual problem that's facing America. It's not a political one. We got to change this. Yeah, but I do believe that we have let Pandora's box. We've let it out, and it's not going to come back in easily. And so, if we see this next election cycle turn things around, it's going to be traumatic. There's going to be rioting in the streets and stuff. But what's the option? Continuing down the road we're on, that is a certain, sure way to destroy this nation. So, Amen. Molly, nobody wants. A war. Nobody wants a revolution, but we want to see this nation turn back. And if the ungodly will not tolerate it, and if they are going to turn back, we just have to deal with whatever right. comes. So anyway, I hope that helps you. It may not be encouragement, but praise God, I'm going to do what's right regardless. You know, I had a man come to me who was a male nurse. This was back during the, when they were mandating the COVID shots, especially for people working in the healthcare. And he came to me and said that God told him not to take the vaccine. Now, whether you took the vaccine or not, that's a separate deal. But God told him not to take the vaccine. And yet his hospital was going to fire him if he didn't do it. And said, so, so what do I do? And I said, well, you answered it. God told you not to take it. Just do what God tells you. And he says, but they'll fire me. I'll lose my income. What am I going to do? And I said, that's not your concern. You have to obey God. And anybody who sits there and says, I know this is what God wants me to do, but if I do it, they're going to fire me. This could happen. That is the wrong way to approach it. You just do what God tells you to do. And if it hair lips the devil, you still do it. And you don't worry about the results. And that's my take on stuff. That's the way I haven't I heard hair lip the devil in a long time. That's a good. <laughs> you are my people. That's a good old text. That's a good saying. That's good right there. All right, let's go to John or Terry. It's got John slash Terry. Maybe it's both of you from Texas. You are on with Gene and Andrew. I appreciate you taking my call. My name's actually John Terry. It's oh, my last name. Okay. Uh, praise uh, God. I'm down here in Texas. I know Brother Gene, you're up there in Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, I just want to know states rights-wise, you know, we're getting trampled on by the federal government. We're not, we're not seeing our border defended and, you know, I'm kind of inspired by your last caller, but, you know, I don't know where else to go. I'm ready to grab my gun, but I don't know. Pastor Gene, talk me off the ledge. What's our other option? <laughs> well, That's funny. Uh, it, first off, thank, thank you, John, for calling in, and it's good to talk to a good Texas boy yeah. uh, on the phone. Uh, listen, you know, I'm not saying I pray things don't get to that point. We don't want to see things get to that point. Uh, this is, you know, it's not a cop-out when I say this, but the truth is elections have consequences. And what we're reaping right now is what we got. So the first step is get the right people in there. The second step is to stay engaged. And this is the part where we most of the time fall apart. So we got, we got a believer in 
uh, okay, so Trump may not be, you know, you don't want him teaching your Sunday school class, but he was president in 2016. What did the church do? Okay, great, we'll see you in four years. And that's pretty much what the church did. They didn't, they didn't, while they had all of this freedom, had all of this support, they didn't do anything. So this is why we've got to wake up, not just those of us leading church, but those of us in church that are believers. You've got to stay involved. You've got to get involved and change things. When you, and, and it's going to take effort. You know, we've been lazy. Let's be real. We've been lazy in America. We've just kind of, let, as long as we got our guy every four years, we're good. You know, and it, you don't really get upset until you hear about the gas prices. You know, that's when people get upset. We, we can't, we cannot, we no longer have that luxury. We must stay involved. And that means watching what these guys do. These, uh, you know, go down there to the office, call them, do whatever you got to do to your senator and your representatives. Let me tell you something. You know what happens the first time a representative that's a, that's a rookie that gets elected, he goes to Washington, D.C. to see his office. He doesn't know anything. There's no like orientation meeting. I found this out. I'm like, you're kidding me. Well, so if I get, I mean, I'm on my own. I got to figure it out. No, because you know what will be there? There'll be a group of people there ready to greet you when you tell walk you in. What you should do. And they will <laughs> tell you what to do and how to do it. So guess what? Most people go, oh, okay, well, that's what I'll do. Those are not the people you need to, inevitably, those are the people you don't want to listen to. We have to get believers and people and conservatives with the right thought process in there to help those things. That's just one aspect of it. Uh, you know, I'd say, you know, let's don't, let's don't pick up our arms yet, but uh, when it comes to the border, keep them close. Yeah, John, I would say that, you know, the scripture says in Romans 12, 9, be ang uh, abhor that which is evil. And so I think that your anger is good. The Bible says, Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And uh, Ephesians 4, 26 says, uh, you know, be angry and sin not. That's talking about having a righteous type of anger. And so anger is good if it's not directed at people. Uh, as long as you're angry against the devil and resisting the evil and not people. So what I would say is that instead of just saying, well, let's get over your anger, you need to channel that, not into taking up a gun, but you need to get involved in voting. You can turn people out to vote. You can be a poll watcher. Uh, I guarantee you I've gotten involved and we have seen our uh, school board change around here in the local area. We are the first uh, school uh, independent school district in the nation to approve the America First curriculum. And it's now approved by the Education Association and it is returning back to the true history That's of the great. United States and stuff. And it's now beginning to spread. But we're the ones that got all of this started right here in this little tiny community of 7,500 people and it's beginning to spread. And so, John, there's nothing wrong with you hating evil. You're supposed to hate evil, but don't take it out in a gun and uh, just get involved in the process and start sharing what you're doing with other people. And I guarantee there's lots of ways you can get involved. Amen. Let's go to Tanya. You're a partner uh, with us. You're calling in from Montana, and you're on Truth and Liberty Live with Andrew and Gene. All right. Nice to talk to you both. Yes, ma'am. Um, I have a question that if you could maybe advise me. Um, this is the first time ever in my life I have been so angry. I mean, it's like blood pressure, anger. I'm so angry about the border. I'm just so angry about the children. 
and what they're doing to our country. I've never had it this emotion, you know, so strong before. And it, it, if I'm not careful, it's going to physically harm me. <laughs> well, Tanya, just like I was telling John Terry, the previous caller, the scripture says it's the fear of the Lord to hate evil. It says you are to abhor evil. It says be angry and sin not. And there is a righteous type of anger. Jesus got so mad that he made a coat, I mean, a, a whip and drove the money changers out. And so anger is not evil unless it is selfish and unless it is against an individual person. We aren't fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities. So. Anger is not bad as long as you use it to motivate you to do something positive. And without knowing you, I can't just say that what you're feeling is correct because you may be way past uh, just hating evil. You may be hating people. And so I, without knowing you, I couldn't say for sure. But you just need to channel that towards hating the devil and hating what the devil is doing. And let me just say this, I'll turn it over to Gene, but if you don't hate what they are doing to our children oh. and giving them hormone blockers and sex reassignment surgery, and we're already in just a few years beginning to hear terrible stories That's about right. how it's destroying people's lives and stuff. If you don't hate that, something's wrong with you. So anger is not wrong as long as you use it in the proper way to fight the devil and not just to fight people. That's so good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I agree. We have to we have to stay engaged. Don't let that anger keep you from being engaged. And uh, at the same time, make sure you're staying in the Word. You know, First Corinthians 13 is there for a reason. Uh, so stay engaged. We're going to see we're going to see this thing change. I I totally believe. With all of my heart, America is not only going to be saved, it is saved. We're just having to walk this out. Yeah. But if we don't, if we don't do our part, you know, I've heard it said, uh, this may come from you. Faith, faith isn't leaning on your shovel expecting God to dig the ditch. No, you know, I didn't say that, but I like it. Okay, you can use that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you've got to put some hands and feet to it. And so that's, that's that will help you you know, from a personal and a practical standpoint, getting, doing some things to help. But other than that, you're going to have to submit those emotions, you know, submit, submit that to God and help, like, ask Him to help you with that. And Tanya, most Christians do not understand that uh, love is like a coin. It has a flip side to right. it. Good. If I say that I love my wife, well, then I don't really love her. If I saw somebody come in and try and abuse her, rape her, or do something, I guarantee you, if I love my wife, I'm going to hate any person who is trying to injure my wife. And if I wouldn't stand up and defend her, then I don't truly love. That's and good. somehow or another, Christians have been thought that if I love these people, then I would never say or do anything to offend them. Well, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus right. said, you go tell that old fox this. And he called people whited sepulchers, you hypocrites. And <laughs> I guarantee you, Jesus was tough on people. He was. I don't so Christians have been lied to. And I wished I had about 30 minutes here to show you uh, Leviticus 19, verses 18, 17 and 18, to show you that where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. The previous verse says, if you don't tell them the truth, you hate them in your heart. So love isn't just sitting here and passing over things and saying, I don't want to offend anybody. Love is telling a person the truth regardless of what their response is. So anyway, 
good. A lot more could be said. Thank you, Tanya, for your call. Let's go to Lori. You are an AWM partner and also Truth and Liberty partner calling in from Nebraska. You're on with Gene and Andrew. Hi, Andrew and Gene. God bless you both for doing what Thank you're doing. you Thank you. Um, my question is, um, I just don't know why anybody hasn't tried to get treason charges against Biden in this regime. Everything they're doing is um, totally um, treacherous, um, selling out our country. So I just wanted to know if you guys thought I was on the right track or if I'm way off. What do you say, Gene? Well, there's, without a doubt, Joe Biden should be tried for treason. If he did what everything that we're seeing that he did with, with being in China's pocket, that's treasonous. And yes, he could be tried. But did you know that this is one of the big problems we have in our nation right now? The FBI, the CIA, it's a oh, double yeah. standard. They yes. will pursue. We just saw a person who prayed at a abortion facility sentenced to 11, 11 years. years. It's crazy. More than some people who murder get sentenced. And yet we have people in the White House and, and people all across the board that are doing things, but the FBI, the CIA, the justice system will not prosecute them. It's a double standard. It is. So that is a serious problem. I think that they should be held accountable, but whether they will or not, it's not going to happen under the current leadership. It's going to have to change. That's right. Yeah. You have to change. So thanks for your call, Lori. You just keep praying and praise God, vote in some godly people, and we're going to see this thing turn around. Molly, I think you get the last word. You're a CBC student calling in from Virginia, and you're on with Gene uh, and Andrew. Oh, thanks for giving me another another chance to ask a question. So okay. um, I just wondered if you were aware of any evangelical groups at the border preaching the gospel for these people when they come in. Absolutely. Now, and let me say here, be very careful which nonprofit you're aligning with at the border, because there's some bad players there that are uh, coming under the, the guise of being uh, even a religious organization. So be careful with that. It's an opportunity to scam people. It is an opportunity. Now, I can tell you this, uh, Tony Suarez, who travels a lot with us, I told him, Tony, you're going to do a tent meeting at the border. And he's going to do it in March, uh, end of March. He's going to be at Eagle Pass and uh, I, I, Rio Grande, somewhere on the Rio Grande. So, I mean, there are people. That's just one. But I'm sure there are others. But thank you for asking that because that's exactly what we need to do as believers. There, If these people are coming across, man, there's a harvest waiting right there. They don't even know. And I'm not talking about, yes, there's bad actors, but not every one of them are. But let's let's get them saved too. Let's get those guys saved. Listen, if we really believe the power of God is stronger than that of the enemy, then there's nothing that we can't see happen, Andrew. And also, I'm a partner with Franklin Graham, and I get his stuff, and he's starting a tour that will go all the way from California That's all right. the way down to Beaumont, Texas, and he's going to hold 10 crusades right along the border, Spanish interpretation, Spanish people, uh, materials in Spanish, and so he's evangelizing. And I know other people, I know people that are just across the border into Mexico that they uh, are preaching to all of these people. You know, let me bring up one other thing. We're just about out of time, but I have uh, heard people talk about the illegal uh, immigrants and how this is putting a strain on our system, about how that uh, terrorists are coming across, fentanyl is coming across, and all of those things are true, and I'm not minimizing that. But I've talked to people that say, 
that the borders are basically being controlled by the cartels and that they are being paid to get these people That's across right. the border and they are getting billions they are. out of this and people aren't even addressing this. The borders right now are actually controlled by the cartels and the government isn't doing anything about that. Now the fentanyl crisis, the illegal, the terrorist, on and on, there's multiple problems, but that's a big problem that I don't no, hear many people problem. talking about. So that's going to have to happen. We're going to have to change some things. And you know, they just turned down a bill that was started in the Senate and they voted it down. And the, uh, re the Democrats are trying to uh, pr present it like, well, the Republicans are stopping closing the border. They're the ones right. that are the problem. That's right. But this bill was totally unneeded. If they would just enforce the laws that we already had, if they would put the Trump error policies back in place, he had the lowest uh, illegal immigration in a long time. Now we are at six million, I think, since yep. Biden has taken over. And so that's the reason they voted it down, because it was just smoke and mirrors and it wasn't the real thing. So uh, anyway, we have a major crisis at the border in more ways probably than what any of us recognize. Right. And it's going to be a major, major problem. If Trump does come in and shut down the borders, what are you going to do with the terrorists, the fentanyl, all of the stuff that's already infected this nation? It's going to be a major, major problem. Amen. So that's Molly, right. uh, they are people preaching the gospel and praise God. I believe that there's going to be people born again. They may that's have come right. for nefarious reasons, but they're going to hear the gospel when they get here. And Amen. praise God, who knows? Maybe some of these terrorists will wind up being some of our evangelists that make a difference. Anyway, thanks, Gene, for being with hey, us. Hey, thank you for having it's me. It's been great for having you. Thank you all for joining us. Remember that we do this every weekday from 3.30 till 5. We have different hosts on, but we also have different guests on, and it's just a really great thing. Also, thanks to CTN for carrying this on some of their stations, and we really appreciate that. You can also go to truthandliberty.net, and you can see archived uh, uh, episodes of this. You can go get this. You can look at it again. We have a lot of information on our website, and I encourage you to check it out at truthandliberty.net. And if you would become a partner with us, that would be a real blessing to us and help us to continue to reach out to people. So thank you for being with us. God bless you. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.